Amen. It's been a glorious holy week. We're talking about Jesus coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. He established the Last Supper with his disciples and his followers. He went to a cross in Golgotha and paid a price. Before that, he was in Gethsemane demonstrating. And we see the love of Jesus poured out in this week. And today, it's just even more good news that Jesus is alive. And today, I want to read to you some parts of this story of the resurrection of Jesus in Luke chapter 24. And Luke's account is very interesting as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all write about the resurrection. They record a different perspective, a different angle, and Luke's perspective is very unique And some of the additional disciples that he talks about. And in one of the stories that he tells about the resurrection of Jesus in Luke 24, verse 2, he tells them that the, the women had came to the tomb and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. And they were perplexed about this. And then suddenly, two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they all told this to the eleven and to the rest. I love how the angels come and remind them of Jesus' words. They bring the reminder, remember what he said to you, don't forget it. Don't discount what Jesus told you. He told you this was going to happen. Remember. And for you who like to study the Bible, one of the really interesting things about this story in Luke chapter 24 and the other writers about the resurrection is here are these women gathered at the tomb. Some of Jesus' probably most faithful disciples, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. And here is a really interesting part because in the beginning, in Jesus's, before Jesus' conception, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, you're going to give birth to a son and his name is going to be Jesus. And now here the angel once again is giving them the encouragement and the hope. He's not dead. He's alive and well today. And so the story goes on here that these women came and told some of the disciples what had happened. And now the Bible tells us this interesting journey of a conversation that happens with two more of Jesus' disciples who are on the road back to a village that they, where they lived called Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem after just hearing this news, and now they're on the way back to Emmaus. The Bible tells us that their name is Cleopas, and they're probably a spouse, probably a couple, because they invited them into their home. And so now the story goes in Luke 24, verse 13. That on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. And it was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Seven miles is a long way to walk if you've ever walked seven miles before. And talking with each other about all these things that had happened. We'll pause there for a minute. You can just imagine the state of the disciples, all the followers of Christ at this time. Here, are they, here they are after Jesus, after they have been told that Jesus is resurrected from the dead. But remember, they haven't seen him yet. They don't know that he's really alive. They think, in some of the other, trans, or, uh, other gospels, they think that what the women told them about Jesus was a fairy tale. That's what the Bible says, an idle tale. 
They thought that maybe they were just making something up, but nonetheless they knew that his body was missing from the tomb. So this was disturbing to them. Beyond that, it was a crazy week. There was an earthquake. The, the curtain in the temple, a very large curtain, torn in half when Jesus gave his last, last breath. Matthew tells us that when Jesus died and gave his last breath, that some dead people came and were walking around town. You can only imagine how startling that must have been, that there's your cousin walking down the street you hadn't seen in a while. He came back to life again. All of these things that were happening, and Jesus being crucified upon a cross, it was the center of tension of the town. All the people were rallying. It was, and you can just imagine the disciples' pain and all of that as they heard the people rallying and give us, give us Barabbas and crucify him. It was a startling week. And now they're, here they are. They're, all, they're kind of debriefing and processing, if you will. They're on this road and they're talking, the Bible says, about all these things that happened. So the story goes that while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They couldn't recognize that this was Jesus. And there are some speculations why this may have been, that he was in a glorified body. The same thing happened with Mary at the tomb as well, is that when she didn't recognize that it was Jesus until Jesus said her name. So there's something here going on. And then Jesus asked them the question, and, and I love Jesus. Jesus is just, he's, he's almost comical in a way how he begins to start a conversation with them. What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still looking sad. It's almost as if they were taken back by somebody asking them what's going on. We don't know what maybe the context was. And then one of them whose name was Cleopas answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? In other words, he said, man, where have you been? Haven't you seen there's been an earthquake? There are people who have rose from the dead. There, Jesus was crucified. There was just this town was in an uproar. All of these things that were going on. Where have you been, man? Are you out of your mind? And so Jesus in his witty sense begins to ask them even more because he wanted to find something a little bit deeper in their heart. He asked them, what things? What things? As if he didn't know. Jesus knew, of course. But there was a reason why he was asking them. He wanted to see where they were at. And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. And then listen to this verse right here, verse 21. Notice what they said. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Notice what they said here. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And now they said, it's been the third day. If he was going to come back, he would have come back by now, is what they were saying. If he was going to raise from the dead, it would have happened by now. But he hasn't. And we thought, we thought that he was the one to redeem Israel. We surely thought. But what you're going to see in the story is that Jesus surely was the one who would come to be the redeemer of Israel. But he also had a greater purpose in all of this. And so the journey continues on on this long road back to Emmaus, a seven-mile walk. 
And the Bible goes on to say that Jesus began to talk to them and telling them all the things that were written about him in the law and the prophets and the Psalms, explaining about himself in the scriptures, but yet they did not realize it was him still. He began to talk to them and tell them all the images of this whole Bible and paint the picture for them to see. And then this is what we're going to talk about today. And then in verse 28. And as they came near to the village which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. Notice what Jesus did. He walked ahead as if he were going on. As if he didn't want to pry into their lives a little bit. He didn't want to be rude and say, well, can I stay at your house tonight? He walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly saying, stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with him and when he was at the table with him, he took bread, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And then their eyes were open and they recognized and he vanished from their sight. The Bible goes on to say that they went back to Jerusalem and they told the other disciples in verse 34, they were saying, the Lord, notice what they said, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. I want to talk to you today about something very simple in this resurrection story. But it's a concept and a principle that gets lost a lot of times in our faith and our walks with the Lord. And it's just three simple words. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 10 verse 9. He says, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. The Bible says that even the demons believe and tremble. There are many people who believe that Jesus died upon the cross, but there are few who confess that he is Lord. There are many people that acknowledge and respect the fact that on this Good Friday that we remembered recently, that Jesus died upon a cross and that was what that was meant to do. We partake of communion remembering that Jesus gave up his life upon a cross, but there are very few who will confess him Jesus as Lord. You see, it's a difficult concept for us to understand Jesus is Lord because it's, it's not relatable to our context today. We don't have lords over us today now. We're our, all our own bosses, we try to be at least, or we work for bosses, but it's a different concept. The Bible shows us that when Jesus is Lord, that what he's trying to show them is that Jesus is sovereign over our lives, every part of our lives. When Jesus is Lord, he's not just Lord of just today, He's Lord of tomorrow, the next week, and every day. Lord could be equivalent of a king. Someone who's in control and has dominion. Who has power. Who has all forces at his hands. Who has armies at his control. The Bible shows us that when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter wanted to fight for, with him for a sword, with a sword. But Jesus stopped him and said, if I needed your help, I could have called a league of angels down here. And then as he ascended into heaven in Matthew 28, he tells us that all power in heaven and earth had been given unto him. We know that Jesus is Lord. We know that he's powerful and mighty. And the Bible tells us that even now he's ascended to the throne, sitting at the right hand of God, forever making intercession for the saints. And we know he is powerful and mighty and in control. But you see, it was almost as if on this whole purpose of walking on the road to Emmaus, 
Jesus could have stopped. He could have showed himself. But he wanted them to see something more. And you'll notice that they didn't have their eyes opened and they didn't realize that it was Jesus until he got into their home. It was as if the whole purpose of the seven mile journey with these two disciples was so that they wouldn't forget that Jesus didn't just come to redeem Israel. He came to be our Lord. He didn't just come to live at a distance and be the Jesus of the temple, the one that we see from afar, but he came to be the Jesus of your house and my house. He came to be the Lord that is invited into our homes, not just invited to our homes, but the one who takes a seat at the table and has fellowship with us. Jesus is Lord. This is why they went back and they told them, Yes, we were hoped he would be the one that would redeem Israel. But when they went back to tell the disciples, they said, the Lord has risen indeed. They got the picture. They got the message. They got the revelation that Jesus wanted them to see. That he's not just the redeemer. He's not just the savior. But he is Lord. That means that when I wake up tomorrow, whether I like it or not, he's still king. That means that when I go to sleep tonight, He's still king. That means that when life gets difficult and when governments are in chaos and the world is in chaos, he's still king. You see, when Jesus is Lord, he's in control. And what Jesus wants and it shows us here is that he doesn't just want to be our savior. He came, he died upon a cross because he loved us, but he wants to be our Lord. He wants us to invite him home, to sit at our table, to be with us every day of our lives and give us a purpose again. There are many people in churches across America today who come and respect Jesus as Savior. But how many of us will confess Him as Lord? We'll wake up tomorrow morning and celebrate the same risen Jesus that we're talking about here today. He's more than just an Easter Jesus. He's more than just a Christmas Jesus. He is Lord. And Jesus is Lord. And that's what we see here today in this scripture I love how the Bible points out and shows us here today that Jesus was about to keep walking on. And the Bible says that they urged him, stay with us, stay with us. You see, Jesus, he's not like some dictator. He's not a forceful Lord. He's not a forceful king. He lets us make our own choice. He lets us make the decision to have him in our lives or to kick him out of our lives. And this was the choice the disciples had to make as they were walking on, was to say to him, you can stay with us or you can go find another house to stay at. But their choice was ultimately honored. And it was as he was sitting at the table with them that they got the picture of who he was. You see, God was only present as much as they wanted. They could have missed Jesus' presence in their home, but instead they invited him to be Lord. And it's the perfect picture of Jesus as Lord. There's a lot of people who come to churches and realize he's Savior. But how many of us invite our to our homes every day and acknowledge him as Lord? He's our Lord. He's our King. And when we celebrate a risen King Jesus, we're not just celebrating the King who came and was crucified. We're celebrating the fact that today my life is in the hands of Jesus as Lord. Luke chapter 6 gives us the picture, furthermore, of this image of Lord. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, he says to them, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. 
That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood rose, the river burst against the house, but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, when the river burst against it, immediately it fell, and great was the ruin of that house. It's interesting that Jesus started it off by telling them, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? As I read that earlier this week, it hit me like a load of bricks. And thinking how true it is, how many people might say, Jesus is Lord, Lord, but they do not obey what he says. You see, when Jesus is Lord, you'll do what he says. And you won't reluctantly do it. You won't do it hesitantly. You'll do it joyfully and gladly because he's your Lord. And you realize that there could be no better Lord. You realize that there's no Lord who could do you justice like Jesus did upon a cross. And it's your joy to serve him gladly. You realize that when Jesus is your Lord, you will jump at what he says. When he says go, you go. When he says do, you do. When he says say this, you say that. Because when Jesus is your Lord, you will gladly do what he says. It was just like the disciples on that road to Emmaus. They immediately, listen, they had just walked seven miles, the Bible said. And then the Bible says they went back to Jerusalem to tell them what they had just witnessed. That indeed, the Lord is risen. They got excited about it. They began to do what they were called to do and preaching the gospel to all nations. You see, when Jesus is Lord, you will gladly do what he says. It's your joy. It's your honor. It's your passion. It's your life. It's all that you want to do is just tell somebody the hope that lies within you. When Jesus is Lord, you can't contain it because all the world is in chaos and wondering what is going on. But you and I are sitting under the kingship and the leadership of King Jesus and we know it's all well in his hands. When Jesus is Lord, you'll do what he says. The Bible also shows him here that he went on, he says, I'm going to show you what someone's like who will do what I, or what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. And he gives the picture of what it's like. You see, it's like a man, he's building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundations on a rock. And then life happened. A flood came, the river burst against it. All these things happened, but it could not shake that house because it had been well built. You see, when Jesus is your Lord, you can endure the storms of life. When Jesus is your Lord, you can press through a hard life. You can press through difficulties. You can press through trials and tribulations. Because when Jesus is your Lord, you've got a king who will fight for you. He'll work on your behalf. He'll stand up for you. When all of life is crushing in on you, you've got a foundation and a, and a, and a place to stand that you know cannot be shaken. When Jesus is your Lord, you can endure the storms of life. And this is what Jesus wanted them to see is... Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I don't want you to just call me Lord, Lord. I want you to capture the power of what happens when you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Because when King Jesus is fighting for you, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You can sit back and be at ease and know that there is one who neither sleeps nor slumbers. And I know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And that though the rivers may come, the floods may come, all the things that will come against me I know no matter what Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord 
This is some people in our lives and walks and have worked with in my life that have got to the place and they, they come to this thing, they do this pattern where they realize, oh, well, I know Jesus died on a cross and they get stuck there. I know Jesus came and he gave his life for me. I know he shed his blood for me. But they can't get from there to realize that Jesus doesn't just want you to see that he came and died on a cross. He did that for your sins so that you could be forgiven. But he wants all of us today to wake up and say, he's my Lord. Tomorrow, today, all that I am. It's hard for us in American Christianity sometimes because it doesn't cost us as much. In many places of the world, for someone to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord, it could cost them their life. But here it doesn't cost us anything. You can be somebody who says it or doesn't say it. But when you confess that Jesus is Lord, what you're doing is you're surrendering your life to the King. His, your whole life, every bit of your life, not just compartments of, compartments of your life, but every single area of your life. When Jesus is your Lord, you will do what he says. You'll endure the storms of your life, and you will gladly obey him. I'm going to show you, Jesus said. He will hear my words, and he'll act on them. I love that Jesus gives that pictures. He'll hear my words, and he'll act on them. Reading the Bible and listening to this when Jesus is your Lord, you don't have to say, well, I don't know about that, Lord. When Jesus is your Lord, it's your joy to do it. It's your passion. It's your heart. It's everything that matters to you. You realize that you, as we sang this morning, you're all I need. When you realize that Jesus is your Lord, He truly is all you need. All you need because you realize that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that I need Him because He's my Lord. I need Him tomorrow. I need Him next month. I need Him all the way in my life because He is my Lord. I need Him over every area of my life. Not just some places, not just some days, not just on holidays. I need Jesus as Lord every single day of my life. When Jesus is Lord, you'll gladly obey Him and you will joyfully love Him. You'll joyfully love Him. I love how when the disciples came, and when Peter saw him, the Bible says in John 21, on the shore, he jumped in the water and went after him. He had, Peter had messed up, but he realized once again that Jesus is his Lord. And so he went after him with everything he had because he loved him. This is why Jesus told them it was so important to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I'm convinced, I'm more convinced than ever, than more than today, in a world of pandemic and life and wondering how would church look like and going forward, I'm more convinced today that if there will be people who will just genuinely love Jesus with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, that'll be enough. Because when someone loves Jesus with everything they've got, they'll go where he says to go, they'll do what he says to do, and they'll open their mouth to say what he says to do. It's their joy. It's their passion. It's all that they want to do is nothing but to please the king, King Jesus. We look here at Luke chapter 24. The image was personal. They were walking on a road, and they were going towards Emmaus. They were walking towards their home. And it was personal. It was the image of Jesus wanting to get right in the areas of their life that were close. You don't sit at the dinner table with a stranger. Not normally. You sit at the dinner table with somebody you're going to get to know well. Share life with. And that's what they were doing. Is that when he broke the bread, he gave it to them. Their eyes were open and they recognized. And it was after that 
that he vanished. I'm convinced in this study here of Luke 24 that the whole point of this was so that they would realize that Jesus was welcome in their home. And today, it's a call to all of us today and a holiday that's celebrated all over the world to say, is he welcome in our home? Every day of my life is welcome in my life. My job, Jesus, you're welcome there because you're Lord. At school, Jesus, you're welcome there because you're Lord. In my relationships, Jesus, you're welcome there because you're Lord. All the areas of I can think of in my life, Jesus, you're welcome there because you are my Lord. Jesus wants us to grab a hold of him as Lord. Not just something we come to respect from a distance. They were having conversations about Jesus on the road, but Jesus wanted them to be more than just the topic of their discussion. He wanted to be the one that they were at the table discussing with. Isn't that powerful? That Jesus didn't want to just be at a distance. He wanted to sit down at the table and talk with them, have a relationship with them, build a life with them, and empower them with a purpose once again. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Today, the reminder is, in all the world, is that Jesus is Lord. We've all dealt with a crazy year. Social unrest, political unrest, racial unrest, pandemic unrest. All the things that are going on in our world. All the things that trouble us in chaos and panic and worry and fear and all the things that could possibly go wrong. They probably felt like they went wrong. In a world that's surrounded by death all the time on the headlines and the news, it's a good reminder today that Jesus is Lord. Can I be honest with you today? I'm not worried about life. I don't have to worry anymore. Because when Jesus is my Lord, I can sit back and know that there's one who's in control. I don't have to put the hands on the steering wheel and try to wonder, am I going to go over here or go over there? I can just sit back and say, I know that King Jesus is in control. Not that I'm reckless with my life, but that I know that I trust Jesus as King. Philippians chapter 2 says this, that though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, being found in human form, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know why Jesus came? He came to be your Lord, my Lord. In 2,000 years, a lot of kings and kingdoms have come and gone, but there's only one king who's still sitting on the throne and all is in his hands, and that's King Jesus. And Jesus came. He rose again from a tomb to show that he truly is a victorious king, that not even death, not even sin could lay a hand on him. He's a strong king. He's a mighty king. And he's fighting for you and I today. And he's fighting for us even now today. And he's not going to be the king that tries to pry the door open to your home and say, let me in, let me in. He's going to be the king that waits for you to say, stay with me. Come to my home. Sit at my table. Break bread with me in my life. That's King Jesus. He's a gentle king. He's not like any other king. 
And today, the choice is yours and mine to say today, tomorrow, the weeks and the days to come, is Jesus going to be my Lord? I'm glad that he's my Lord today. And I can tell you today, it was the best thing that ever happened to me to know there's somebody above my life who's in control. We stand today. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? I know you're here today with hopes and you're going to have a great, great day today. It's going to be great. I just want you to consider today. Let's consider something today. Jesus is standing outside the doors of your life and he really wants to be a part of your life. Not just something that you come and experience on an every now and then basis, but every day of your life he wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your King. And it's your choice today, my choice today. Say, Lord, I will accept that. I want that. Will you confess him as Jesus says, Lord? We allow him into the homes of your life, the areas of your life, every area of your life. Let him sit down at the table with you. Talk with him. All the things that trouble you and grieve you. That's why Paul told the Romans, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. It's a surrendering of my life right now and all of my days ahead. And Lord, this morning we come humbly at your feet today. And Jesus, we say you are Lord today. I say it, Father. I remind myself today, Lord, that in all the things that are happening to, around us, Jesus is Lord. Father, I thank you today that you came to be our Lord and King. You came to be our Savior. You're the one who redeems Israel, but you're also our Lord. With mighty power and strength, all things are in your hands, all power in heaven and earth, Lord. Father, I thank you today, Jesus. Lord, I want to pray for someone here today who has observed you from a distance. They've respected you. They feared you, but they haven't quite let you be involved in their everyday lives. And I pray today, God, they would surrender a life to you that Jesus is Lord of every day. All the areas of my life, you're in control. And may it be our joy and our passion to joyfully serve you. Father, we thank you today. We bless your name. Choir's going to come as they come this morning. You need the Lord today. Just call on him. Just tell him in your own way. Cry to him. Maybe you've kept the Lord out of some areas of your life. You've compartmentalized your life. But don't do that anymore. Allow the Lord to be a part of your everyday life. He wants to give you a purpose again, a future, a hope in Him today. As the choir sings this morning, would you just call to Him today? Just call to Him. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord Jesus.